0: Last week I began the book of Ephesians. Um, So I invite you to turn there with me to Ephesians chapter 1. We got through verses 1 and 2 last week. Our time was short. What I really was hoping to communicate to you is that as believers we are called to be countercultural. there are things in which we can there are things which we can learn about from our culture. Culture can be good. We want to be able to learn from our culture. But if we're going to follow the truth of scripture, then there's just also a lot from our culture that is going to contradict what God reveals to us. And for that are we willing to be countercultural? Are we going to go against the flow of culture? That's what I wanted to convey. And this, the recipients at the time of this writing, they were very familiar of living in a culture which was very opposed to the gospel. Um, they, to some degree, they were okay. They were very tolerant, like our society today. Very tolerant. Okay, you can believe what you want. That's okay. And that was good in that it gave people who were followers of Jesus the freedom to actually worship as they longed to worship. But it was just a very pluralistic society. Many gods worship whoever you want, however you want. Um, and and in that, there was a lot of sexual um, perversion. That ran deep. And so to be a follower of Jesus called them to live very different than the culture around them. Today, I want us to think about, if we have time, I think that we will have time here, verses 3 through 14. Praise. Praise. What comes to your mind when you hear the word praise? As believers... It likely doesn't take long for our mind to equate praise with music. You know, kind of like what we did up here. By the way, guys, thank you so much for leading us in worship. These guys are, many of you know, they went to uh, the youth group that I was a youth pastor at for a number of years. And so it's just great when they're able to come back and to serve in this way. Um. Praise, when I hear praise, I think automatically of my very first cassette tape that I got in 1990, Petra Praise, The Rock Cries Out. That's, that's what I got. That was my very first um, album. So as a seventh grade boy, I was pretty typical in how a lot of seventh grade boys generally think um, Christian music is pretty boring and old-fashioned. That's just kind of what I thought, you know. There was a, I was so grateful, a young man, he's about 50 now, a young man who was in college at the time, a genuine follower of Jesus, who just really poured into my life and introduced me to contemporary Christian music. He was like, you know, Nathan, um, there's some pretty cool stuff being done out there. As, again, this is 1990, and so I got the album Petra Praise, uh, The Rock Cries Out. I still have it. I have actually almost about every Petra album at my house. Um, I fell in love with it. I listened to those praise songs being done to what we would probably classify as rock, uh, Christian rock, um, and and I I loved it. I was drawn to it, and just to me, the words that were being sung sunk into my head and went further into my heart. Now, whether you appreciate Christian rock music or not, that's not the point at all. Here's where I'm going. People are good at praise. We're just naturally good at praise. It's who we are. It's within us. We are drawn to praise. In a couple of weeks, there's going to be a little game, and Stan mentioned it. It draws about 150 million viewers. It's called the Super Bowl. That is a form of praise. It's I I love it. I love the team, especially if your team is actually in the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens here. If your team is actually in the Super Bowl, then there's that, like, we can praise. We can praise sports. We are good at praise. Talk to someone. Want to talk to someone. If you desire to talk to someone, chances are you have secured a conversation if you talk about coffee. Or if you talk about their favorite show, which they stream on Netflix, that will get people talking. Or maybe if you're like, I don't watch Netflix, I don't care about Hulu, etc." Well, talk to someone if they're a grandparent about their grandchildren. You got a conversation going. Oh, they could pull out the pictures of their kids or show you, take you on the phone, and here's my kid, my grandkid. And they will tell you the success stories of their kids. We don't all have success stories, but we love to highlight, well, this, this grandson of mine is doing this, and I'm just so proud of them. Whether it's talking about our favorite restaurant, our, the fastest car out there, the best team in the NBA, the coolest new gadget that we have found... We are people of praise. We do this actually rather naturally. We praise. We praise things and people. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. It begins with praise. Verse 3, it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It begins with praise. Praise who? Praise the Father. Praise the Father. Why? Because... Through the Father, we experience every spiritual blessing. Do you realize that if you are a follower of Jesus, we'll get there in a bit, if you are a follower of Jesus, then you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. All of the spiritual blessings are yours. That that can be hard for us to understand sometimes because we get so worldly focused on that which we think is of earthly value. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. And so we praise the Father. And he has done this in Christ. You hear this terminology at least 11 times in the passage that we're looking at this morning. In Christ. In him. In the one he loves. It's referring to Jesus. Jesus. Look at verse 4. For he, who's he? The Father. For he, the Father, chose us in him. Who's him? Christ. The Father chose us in Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. This is incredible. The Father chose you. The Father, God the Father chose you. When did he do this? Let this blow your mind. He did this before he created the world. In him, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world... Before the creation of the world took place, before time as we know it began, the Father chose you. Let that sink in. The Father chose you. This is a demonstration of grace. Why do I say it's a demonstration of grace? Because before you could ever prove yourself, before you could ever do anything that would amount to applause, or before you could do anything that would amount to shame, God chose you. The Father chose you. It's not based on what you have done. It is based upon His good choosing. He chose you. Know that. Let it sink into you. God chose you. Look at verse 5. The two words before verse 5. In love. May that sink in too. This is an act of love. This is the Father. God our Father acting In love, in love, he, the father, predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. How did God do this? He did this in love. This is an act of love. He predestined us. He chose us. We are chosen. He chose us before the creation of the world to be his sons, to be his daughters, to be his children. And he has chosen to adopt us. God choosing people is consistent with scripture. God chose Israel. I am not Israel. You're not Israel either. In love, God chose us and adopted us. Adoption is one of the most beautiful pictures that God uses to explain what he does here. Adoption is a willful choice. I choose you. I choose you. I want you to be my child. I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. And I give to you all of the privileges and blessings and rights that accompany sonship or daughtership. You get them. You become my son or my daughter. You have full rights. God did this. In love, he adopted us. You have been adopted into his family We are his kids. We're his children. This is a loving act uh, upon the father. And do you notice that this is something that brings God great privilege? It says so. And this brings him great uh, pleasure. What brings you great pleasure? Reading a good book, maybe? Maybe? For those of you that like to read, watching a theater production, hearing a live orchestra, maybe putting on sweatpants, popping some popcorn, throwing your feet up on the couch and just lounging, watching a game or watching your favorite show. Does that bring you great pleasure? Guess what brings God great pleasure? Choosing you. That brings God great pleasure. There is great pleasure for the Father in choosing you. Pause. Time out. Hearing this, hearing that God chooses you may cause you to think, man, what if God doesn't choose me? What if I'm not the chosen? I don't pretend to understand God or all of his ways. How could I ever? How could this little brain of mine ever understand all of God's ways? I can't. But what I want to communicate here is that if you are here and you're here, you're here you're listening, then you are hearing this. And that is the very evidence that God is pursuing you. That is evidence right there that God longs for you. That is evidence that God taps you on the shoulder and says, I choose you. I choose you. The fact that you're here, I believe that is exactly what it communicates. Look at verses 6 through 10. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Who are we talking about now? We're talking about Jesus. In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head even Christ. That means it's coming together under Christ. He is the head. We come together under Jesus. What, what are these verses communicating here? The gospel. The truth of the gospel. That's what Paul is communicating here. He's saying to us, this comes to us free of charge. I placed my faith in Jesus really young, four and a half years old. That's when I did that. Now, that was confirmed later in my life, but that's when I look back at saying, that is when the light bulb went on. That is when I was like, Jesus, I need you. I want you to forgive my sin. I I choose to just invite you into my heart is what I prayed Interesting prayer, I suppose. But you know what I mean? Like, I want you in my life. And for a four-year-old, it made sense. That is when this... That's when God began to do his work. That was free of charge. I did nothing for that. I was four years old. And yet I was able to be a recipient... Of God's grace. I received his grace. Are you a believer in Jesus? If so, you are a recipient of God's grace. This isn't anything that you have done. It's freely given. Paul says that we are redeemed. That means that we are bought back by his blood. He redeems us. We live in a culture which rejects God. By nature, we reject God. And God is willing to redeem us through Jesus, through his blood. And then Paul says that he is making known to us the mystery of his will. God makes known the mystery of his will. We're going to get to that later in Ephesians here because he expounds on that a bit later here. And then the Father is bringing everything under one head, Jesus, under His Lordship. We are there. Look at verses 11 and 12. In Him, we were also chosen. Here we go again. We're chosen. You are chosen. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Jesus might be for the praise of his glory. Verse 13, and you also were included in Christ when... God is working here. You were included. How do you know you're included? You heard the message. You heard. This is God's tapping you on the shoulder. It's him saying, I choose you. Now God can tap people on the shoulder however he wants. I love hearing stories about people who have no access to God and yet they have like a dream where Jesus appears to them. And I I have heard these stories increasingly happen, especially among among people who are of Islamic faith, where Jesus comes and presents himself to them. And there's this understanding, however God chooses to do this, I'm just saying, God can tap us on the shoulder and say, I choose you. I choose you. Hearing this, hearing the message is what leads us to believing the message, which is God's message of, I choose you. I have chosen you. Salvation comes to you. You can be redeemed through the blood of Jesus. Put your faith there, not in yourself. Put your faith in Jesus. Hearing leads to belief. And when we believe, did you catch what happens? The Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, comes and takes up residence. Indwells us. He indwells us. He empowers us. And Paul says that we are marked. We are sealed. For how long? Until the day of redemption. That's how long. That's how long we are marked. In ancient times it was a way of, a seal was a way of, that's mine. That is mine. Put that seal here. That belongs to me. That's mine too. Put the mark on there. It belongs to me. God gives us his spirit. God the spirit indwells us and we are sealed until the day of redemption. And it is his way of saying, he is mine. She is mine. They belong to me. I have chosen them. They have heard the message and they have responded to me in belief. And because they have believed, the spirit marks them all the way until the day of redemption. We're his kids. We belong to him. This is the good news. Now, wrapping this up here, I want to share two more things in relation to this passage here. The very first is this. As we were reading this, did you notice the working of the Trinity here? Do you notice God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit all working in the area of bringing salvation? They are. It's the Father who chooses us. It's the Son who redeems and changes us. And it's the Spirit who seals and assures us. This is the working of God. I don't understand the Trinity, but what a beautiful picture of the working of God, the father and God, the son and God, the spirit. And the second thing I want to point out in relation to this is how you and I respond quite possibly how you and I have been responding right now as I have been proclaiming this message, how you've been responding. How do we respond to this message? I think that you and I can respond with a sense of apathy. What's apathy? It's... (laughs) I really just don't care. (laughs) I mean, I have, have like, heard this so many times. Nate, we're going... You're doing, like, ABC stuff here. I, I just really don't care. There can be a sense of apathy... I was born and raised in the church. I know this. I've been hearing this since I was a little kid. That's apathy. That's apathy. Yesterday um, at Mission Connection, we all, when we gathered around to praise, see if you can relate to what I went through. We were were praising. And you know, there's sometimes where praise comes easy you're just like, man, I'm just really drawn to praising the Lord right now. And then there's those times where "Ah, praise is kind of coming hard. Just really don't quite feel it. Just, uh, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I know it was mission connection, but in the moment, and God did some really cool things there. But in the moment I was there and I found myself becoming very critical. We're praising, I was in the balcony.' It's kind of fun as a pastor, I get to sit in the balcony when I go visit somewhere else <laughs> and i i I'm up there in the balcony and i 'm watching people and i I just found myself becoming really critical and like there was like the worship team was awesome, but um it was like a guy who was dancing really weird, <laughs> and it was just really distracting for me and i i'm okay with some dancing, but like when it gets really weird, i was just like, I just found myself getting really critical. And, And God really just convicted me of that. I found myself getting apathetic. I found myself growing in complacency. As believers, this is a temptation for us. I chose to identify what was going through my mind, what I was wrestling with. I told the Lord, Lord, I'm here at what should be considered the most exciting conference you could ever go to. Because this is all about sharing Jesus. So God, forgive me for what I'm thinking And help me to have a different outlook. And the guy was still doing his his dancing stuff. But I just closed my eyes and I just thought, that's how he's worshiping. And I'm going to worship as I worship. Because I'm called to praise you. And I'm going to give you praise. And when I chose to do that, within a song or two, God's presence was already there, but I began to sense it in a very real way. If you're full of apathy this morning, confess that. If you find a critical spirit within you, confess it to the Lord. You are designed to praise the Lord. We might respond with a sense of inadequacy. Inadequacy in this way, that's great for those Christian people. But you don't even know half the truth about who I am. You don't know who I am. You don't know my past. And I'll tell you, I feel totally unworthy. So love like that, that's great. That's that's cool for people who are church people. That's not me. I feel unworthy. I'm telling you, if you sense that you are unworthy, welcome to the club. We are all unworthy. Every one of us. And I with Paul would say... As your pastor, I'm the most unworthy. And yet God in his rich love longs to communicate his love to us saying, I chose you. Know it and believe it. I chose you. I long for you. I think about passages of scripture where where we are told that God's desire is that everyone would come to salvation. Everyone would come to understand the truth of who Jesus is. I'm telling you, God chose you. He has chosen you. Believe it. Yes, you are inadequate. That's okay. God loves you in the midst of that. Respond and praise that, God, I am unworthy And yet you still choose to love me. God, I'm so thankful for that. And my response to you then, God, is, wow, you love a sinner like me. You love someone who is me. Thank you for forgiving me. God, I respond in praise to you. May that be your response today. And the third way I think that we might respond to this is that we welcome this. I welcome this. This is the gospel. This is Jesus. This is God choosing us. God using Jesus. And I welcome this. I want this. And if that's you today, then God desires that you respond in praise with everyone else. Why? Because he's worthy. And don't just let it stop there, but creatively figure out how you can communicate the truth of Jesus in the personality that God has given you. Communicate that to someone else. God didn't just save you to keep it to yourself, keep him to yourself. God saved you for a purpose. He has put you exactly where you are for a reason and a purpose. Remember that tomorrow. Remember that when you go home today. You have great purpose. May you know today, may you hear it loud and clear. You are chosen. May you know that. And because you're chosen, may your response be praise. God, I praise you. Lord God, I thank you. You are a great God. I do not pretend to understand your ways. How could I? But I trust you. I'm thankful, Lord, that I can see that you choose us. I'm thankful that salvation comes through your Son, Jesus. Father, if we are hearing this today, if we have never placed our faith in you, may we have a conversation with you, acknowledging our own inadequacy, our need for you. Acknowledge that our belief is in your Son, Jesus, and may we experience the joy that you bring by sending your Spirit to indwell us until the day of redemption. God, if we have been saved for years, May we not become people who are complacent and full of apathy, but may our response be one of God, wow, I'm saved. You, you reconcile the relationship. What a privilege it is to know you. So remind us of these basic truths today that we find in the book of Ephesians. And may our, may our response right now be one of giving you praise. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.